All righty. It's Paul Allen, your play-by-play voice for the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. The analyst in the booth is Pete Bursich, former player and uh, coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we just uh, completed calling a Dallas Cowboys victory over the Vikings, 40-3. to Minnesota drops to 8-2, and and the Dallas Cowboys improved to 7-3. and The 37-point victory, the largest road margin victory in the history of Dallas Cowboys football, and that football immortality. They've played a lot of road games. Not really uh, not really much to say for those of you who watched or listened to the game. It was that bad. Cousins eventually gets pulled, and uh, Nick Mullins is the quarterback. No Dalvin, no Jefferson, no Thielen at the end of the game. Uh, Cooper Rush was the quarterback at the end of the game for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Pete, whether you were playing, and you played on a lot of good <laughs> Vikings teams, um, or you were coaching, um, when this happens and you come back Thursday to play Thursday night football, final game on Thanksgiving, Belichick in town, starting now with the uh, getting the bodies rehabbed at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thanksgiving, game day, what do you do? Well, I mean, you, you should have a plan and a schedule that everyone's aware of going in, even into this game, what's going to happen afterwards. And, you, you know, you stick to it. Uh, what changes? Well, you got to see who's healthy and who's not. And outside of that, you know, I, I take a look at this, the Dallas Cowboys and what happened to them in Green Bay. And the part that, you know, we talked about was it's an attitude thing, right? It's, it's about showing up, taking care of business. They responded to a loss, and they responded the way you would expect a good team to do. And Amen. they did. And now it's the Vikings' chance to say, hey, you know, we got some adversity. A lot of adversity. No one's going to – I mean, no one is going to expect us to slow down or stop these Patriots after a game like that. So, in that respect, they've got some, thing, they got some things to prove. And it's not to us as fans. It's not to us, you, you and me as announcers or whatever. Yeah. It's to themselves. They, you know, they need to get that bad taste out of their mouth and move on. Right, dwelling on what happened today isn't going to help them. I don't even know how much watching film is going to help them. Right, uh, but they got to figure out who they're going to put on the field that gives them the best chance to win, and do that as quickly as possible. Get a couple good days of practice in, and go out there and, and give it a shot again. The New England Patriots come here a six and four team. They beat their division rival, the New York Jets, ten to three at Gillette, and they won the game on a punt return touchdown with less than thirty seconds to go in the game. Uh, it's the only punt return touchdown in the NFL this year, so that's what happens when Belichick gets here. Let's um, let's analyze the game with Gabe Henderson and uh, Ben Lieber. Forty to three is the final score as the Minnesota Vikings fall to the Dallas Cowboys here at US Bank Stadium. Uh, welcome to Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. My name is Gabe Henderson. His name is Ben Lieber, and Ben, uh, forty to three, thirty-seven point differential mm-hmm. is the worst loss in franchise history for this Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, but to add on to that. This Minnesota Vikings offense didn't score a touchdown. The first time they didn't score a touchdown since 2016. What did you or what did you not see from the Minnesota Vikings offensive committee today? Well, what I saw early on was missed opportunities. Okay. You know, I thought that we had the right game plan, especially running the football. You go back and watch the the Dallas Green Bay game and Green Bay really you know, had some yards, especially with Aaron Jones on the outside, you know, running around the perimeter. Um, you know, they got big with Dylan kind of running downhill, but they were getting some chunk yardage testing this Dallas defense around the corner. I thought we, we were trying to do that 
you know, early parts of the game with some success. We get down to the end zone, and Hawkinson looks like he yeah. just flat out dropped uh, what was a great pass and a great setup in the back corner of the end zone. You know, so early in the football game, even there were though two drops there, and he had two drops. He had yeah. another drop later on, but you know, a drop for six points. I think at that moment right there, kind of changes maybe the butterfly effect of how this game plays out. Uh, but nonetheless, he dropped the ball, another missed opportunity. And then from there, it was just absolute domination by them up front. I mean, yeah. they, only, they only rushed four for the most, most of the time, uh, and their four-man rush was better than our five-man protection. And that's, that's never good enough, especially consistently throughout the whole game. And I think the fact that Christian Derisol went down also added fuel to the fire. Kirk Cousins sacked seven times today, the most in his career. He was sacked, mm. I guess, six times, four times in his career. But you, you look at the offensive line unit and you say, okay, where do you get better? Ben, where do you start? Well, I mean, sometimes it's just an anchor. You know, our, our best player on the, on, the, on the offensive line, Christian Derrissaw, I think it's pretty evident he was not completely, you yeah. know, 100% back from the, the concussion that he suffered against Buffalo. But we don't see him getting bull rushed yeah. like that. Uh, we don't see him getting out physical. So I do think that there was something lingering going on with him. You know, outside of that, like up front, you know, physicality, we just couldn't match up. You know, they did run some inside twists and they got to our edges a little bit. Um, you know, that's going to happen. So sometimes you can look back at the film and say, OK, we're going to technically clean some things up. Maybe it's a communication issue. Maybe it's a recognition issue. But. You know, when it just seems like they were just more physical than us, that's a hard thing to correct yeah. because it's not like you can just ask these guys to get stronger in the next week. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you look at it, it might have just been a bad matchup. Yeah. It, I was I was writing a key stat down early in today's game because I felt like we were in third down a lot. We weren't converting our third downs, and they were. Mm -hmm. uh, they were 11 of 15, 12 of 17 on third down. We were one of 11. But our third downs, we averaged third and 11. Yeah. And their third downs, they averaged third and five. They gained, a, they averaged 11 yards to gain on every third down. We averaged, I believe we averaged three. So when, when you look at that, what, what, what does that show you? Like, what does that show you when you look at a stat like that for third down? Well, it tells you that we're not doing a very good job on first and second down, okay. uh, first of all. And then we had too many penalties, uh, especially later on in the game. And then defensively, I mean, they were getting chunk yardage on first and second down. And, 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 you know, I'm glad that you had that stat thrown out there because it seemed like, you know, I didn't have the number in my head, but it's like, man, here they are, third and two again, yeah. third and one again. You know, those are easy conversions, especially when you have a big back like Zeke Elliott. Um, so, you know, our defense, you know, just like our, our offense, our defensive line, they, they yeah. just got flat out handed to them. You know, they were getting pushed around. Their double teams offensively were effective, kind of getting our guys pushed back in our linebackers' lap. Yeah. We couldn't, we couldn't kind of like see around them. We were caught, caught in the trash. Mm -hmm. Our vision was uh, obstructed. So whenever they had a cutback or they, you know, were wiggling around in there, we just couldn't see him and they mm -hmm. were finding lanes and we weren't. Um, you know, if, if they had to zone blocking, we were kind of getting washed down. Yeah. They were finding seams there. So, you know, defensive line, you know, they got pushed around as much as their offensive line did. Yeah. One, one thing I've noticed this year, I don't know if, there, if there's a stat for it, but we haven't given up many explosive pass plays. When I talk mm. about explosive pass plays, I'm talking about touchdowns that go for over 20 yards in the air. Yeah. We gave up two of those today to Tony Pollard. Yeah. What did you see on those two plays that really stood out? Well, I think the first one um, – you know, in my estimation, you know, I haven't really looked at the, the all 22 yet, and, you know, but <laughs> it looked like to me that they were, we were just in a standard cover two, uh, meaning that Patrick Peterson and, and those corners on the outside, they have flat responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, you're supposed to, you know, there's different techniques on, as far as jamming and riding that number one receiver, but it looked like he almost kind of rode him down too far, okay. covered him like man to man and was probably, you know, 
10 yards, 15 yards inside. inside okay. And then as the back kind of leaked out, he didn't play with very good eyes, and, and there was Pollard, and then he had a bad angle to get him. Yeah. You know, the second one, i got to give a lot of credit to Dak. It looked like we were in two-man coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we were shown two high safeties, similar to what we always do, except we are playing man coverage underneath. Okay. Dak t- took a step back. He recognized it, started barking out some orders, got everybody on the same page, and then it was just a little bit of a stutter yeah. by Pollard when he got out uh, in the, in the middle, middle, middle part of the defense. You know, it's a hard thing for a linebacker to play man coverage against the back when you're not hugged up against him on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. When, when he has 10 yards to make a move on you and you got the quickness of Pollard, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, good for them, man. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's like – You win something, you lose something. Yeah, they saw what we were doing. He checked out of it, put us on a bad matchup. Pollard made the play. We didn't, and there he goes, hitting his head on the goalpost. Yeah, that 30-yard touchdown before the end of the first half to Pollard, that touchdown pass, was, was kind of deflating. And then you come yeah. out in the second half, of course we didn't get the ball, and we're like, okay, we get one stop. We should be able to, We should be good to go. We give up a 68-yard touchdown to, to Tony Pollard also. You made a good point in the first, fourth quarter on the Vikings radio network earlier, and I'm going to close it with this. You said embarrassment can be motivating. Yeah. What did you mean by that? Well, you know, we were kind of debating, um, you know, on air. It's like, is this one of those games where you just take a few clips mm-hmm. and you just have the guys watch just a few clips? Or do you make them watch the whole game? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do think that at times, you know, from, to make these players, you know, kind of wallow in this embarrassment of like, i got to watch every snap of us getting pushed back and getting beat at the line of scrimmage, getting out physical. It just does something to you internally of like, I never want that to happen again. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that, in healthy situations, embarrassment can be motivating. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's what some of these guys need is just to like, okay, acknowledge the fact they got kicked in the, in the mouth, yeah. but also acknowledge the fact that, hey, we have a great opportunity to come back here in a couple days. We don't have to wait a full week. Yeah. We're going to wait just a couple days, get back on the field, and I'm going to prove to myself, my teammates, and the, all the fan base that that team that they saw against Dallas is yeah. not who we are. And they, can, they have a good chance to go out there and prove that against the Patriots. I've seen this Vikings team do it. Last year, we lost to the Detroit Lions at the Detroit Lions. They had not won a game. And then it just felt deflating. We come here, come back here on Thursday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the offense lights it up. I'm hoping we see that yeah. similar type of feel this upcoming Thursday against the New England Patriots because we need it. Uh, the Buffalo Bill hangover is over. Yeah. Now we feast on, on Thanksgiving Day against the New England Patriots. Ben, thank you again, as always, for Ben Lieber, Ryan O'Neill. My name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning in to another edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. Cousins sacked seven times today. That's the most he's ever been sacked in his career. Now, Christian Darrisaw started the game uh, and just wasn't right, as the analyst pointed out early in the game. He got bull rushed. Uh, he left with uh, concussion-related symptoms. You know, now we come back on Thursday, so hopefully he can play. But um, overall, a lot of that thrust came from the inside. Michael Parsons with two of those sacks. What happened? Uh, I, I, you know, we played into their hand, and, and, and I think – Going into this game, taking a taking a good deep look at both teams, you knew what they excelled at. I think Green Bay had the exact right game plan. You know, yeah, they got they had two turnovers on defense, which helped, but they had they had the right game plan. They're, this Dallas defense is not huge, but they are fast. So don't run away from them. Run at them. Right. Keep the ball on the yeah. ground. Commit to the running game. And really. You saw that out of Dallas today. Here, they they committed to the running game. Was on they were on the field long enough because this is a team that was thirty first in time of possession. Yeah, and I think they had the ball near forty minutes today, right? So 
they moved, you know, they were efficient in the running game, and then Dak Prescott just throwing slants, throwing yep. quick throws. I mean, a lot, a lot more. He looked a lot more like he did against the Chicago Bears mm. than he did last week against the Green Bay Packers, and they were just efficient, moving the chains, moving the chains. And then once that defense got tired, they they became explosive, and it was Pollard out of the backfield. I mean, you know. Pollard is a receiver. Yeah. Who, you know, that doesn't keep people up at night, but he ended up being a difference today. Two uh, receiving touchdowns for Tony. Uh, he hadn't had a catching touchdown in nearly two years. So, of course, he had two today. And uh, before we hear from Kevin O'Connell, Kirk Cousins, and uh, Ron Johnson with his three takes, uh, Tony Pollard, I mean, seriously, could you have picked a better time to be an unrestricted free agent? <laughs> he's an unrestricted free agent as of now after the season. He's going to make himself a lot of money. Yeah, he is. And, you know, they get Ezekiel Elliott back, and Zeke continues to do what he does well, and that's just get positive yards. Yep. Not a lot of TFLs, not a lot of going backwards. Um, and, you know, that's another thing. Talk about going backwards, penalties. That's the timeliness of penalties for the Cowboys have been really hurting them, but they came out here and played a complete game. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where we're not as good as we think. They're not as bad as a lot of people think. Yep. And somewhere in between reality lies and – Reality situation is you got to bounce back and do it quickly. Kevin O'Connell, Minnesota Vikings head coach, takes his first home loss of his uh, head coaching career, and here's what he had to say via his press conference following a 40 to three Dallas win. Quick injury update: um, Christian Darrisaw was ruled out uh, with a uh, with a concussion. Obviously, second concussion in a couple weeks. We're going to be um, extra cautious with him moving forward, and, and uh, you know he will he will more than likely, and abs- I can say he won't be playing on Thursday. Um, uh, Blacklock got a stinger. We'll see how he turns over, uh, but outside of that, um, you know, just a a night where we didn't play well in uh, any phase of our football team. Didn't coach well enough. Didn't play well enough. Um, this is not going to be the last time we have to respond after an emotional win. Uh, to come back and, and, and play the next week with much more energy. Um, you know, we got to coach better, like I said, uh, play better across the board, but w- a, a huge opportunity for our team to really look inward. Uh, we expect uh, to really only in these tough times to be able to rely on our locker room, our players, and our coaches. And uh, we'll be right back here in four days with an opportunity to get this taste out of our mouth. Uh, but you got to give credit to the Dallas Cowboys. They came in and dominated. And, um, every phase of the football game, and we've got to learn from this. We've got to use this as an opportunity to grow as a football team and handle adversity the right way. Um, and, and like I said, four days from now, we'll get that opportunity against a really good football team right back here at U.S. Bank Stadium. Kevin, do you think there was a hangover from the last Sunday? You know, I don't know. Um, I just know we had a good week of preparation, and it didn't translate uh, to us playing our style of football in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I thought we were sloppy. I thought there were too many penalties. Um, the early turnover, um, you know, even though the defense was able to hold uh, to a field goal, we then drive back down and have a chance for uh, to put seven on the board, and we only get three. And then it just felt like from from there, then on out, we were just reaching for momentum instead of doing the things that we've done, whether trailing or with the lead throughout this season. We didn't do any of those things tonight, um, and I think we've got to really look inward. We've got to look uh, to these next two or three days and, and try to turn these guys over. Um, that was one of the reasons why we tried to start getting guys out of there when the when the uh, you know the result was really not in question anymore. We've got to find a way. Um, we're an eight and two football team. 
there's going to be a lot of narratives about our team that we can or can't control, or we really can't control. We know that. Uh, we just got to look inward to our locker room. I felt the right. Uh, I, I felt all along we've got the right kind of guys. We've got the right coaching staff. Uh, I, 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 do I do believe that we will respond to this the right way. Uh, but at this point in the season, um, November comes, and, and sometimes you can get hit in the mouth. This league has a way of uh, humbling any football team at any point in time if you don't play good football. And we did not tonight. And uh, we've got to learn from this and, and make sure we move forward in the right direction and, and, and really trust that we're going to handle this response the right way. Kevin, they were so effective rushing the pass for seven sacks. Well, that's what they do. And uh, I thought we didn't do much. We tried to get the run game going early. Um, and then we faced some third downs. Whether they were manageable or not, uh, Kirk was under duress. Uh, and, then, and then when you lose your left tackle early on in the game, uh, sometimes you can try to move that hard down around. Um, and they just kept finding ways to affect uh, Kirk, I thought our, our guys on, you know, our, our receivers did a nice job for the most part against a, a pretty good secondary of trying to get separation and trying to win um, on the perimeter. We just could not find uh, those stacked plays together uh, to, to truly gain the momentum that you have to do when you're playing a good football team. Uh, this will be a good test for us uh, to, to understand that we did not play our best, uh, even close to it. And uh, can we respond in the right way and really try to look inward to a player, to a coach? And I'll be right out in front doing that. I didn't coach well enough tonight. Uh, I didn't coach well enough for our team. Um, and, and we got outplayed. And, and you know, luckily, you get 17 opportunities in this league. And we'll look back on this one, and, and we'll be able to see how we handled it moving forward, uh, which will ultimately tell the story uh, you know, of our 2022 season. But we're not going to let this affect us other than make sure we know uh, tonight wasn't good enough, and we got to get a lot better in a hurry. Looking to, at Thursday as a real great opportunity to get right back at it. You know, we a couple of those drives there. We ran it on first and second down, first drive of the game, and uh, you know, then you know, have that third, and I think it was a third and four, third and three, whatever it was. Uh, we end up, you know, taking a sack there, and the ball comes out. Um, then we got a the next possession. We moved the ball pretty consistently. Good balance, good mixture. Um, and then ultimately, you know, just just not good enough. Uh, I don't know if running it a couple more snaps would have changed tonight's out. Uh, you know, output. We only had 50. Uh, I think we only had 54 plays total, and that includes once we've pulled our our guys there in the fourth quarter. Um, so just not enough offensively uh, to to sustain and take the pressure off our defense. And then uh, coming out of the second half, when you know we were hoping to try to just get one stop and respond and, and see if we could go down and score a touchdown, we didn't do either of those things offensively or defensively. As for Cleveland left also, was that an injury that he? Left? Uh, no, he uh, he ended up uh, coming out there, and then we we decided uh, he should be he should be okay. And, and on Darisaw, like obviously you mentioned this week, but when it's two F, two and two weeks, do you have concern for longer term than than just this five days here? My concern is just about uh, is about CD and making sure that uh, you know we'll go. We'll, he'll be in the protocol like he was last week. Uh, he you know checked all those boxes going into tonight. Um, and, and ultimately, we'll, we'll make sure uh, this is one of our this is one of our best players with a long-term future here, and, and we're going to make sure that CD is absolutely like we did this week. Uh, but we'll make sure he's absolutely ready to roll uh, when that time comes. While he's out, do you have to think about doing anything different with the configuration of the offensive line, or do you just roll with it as? We'll we'll take a look at it. I'll talk to Coach Coop and and, and Wes Phillips, and we'll just. Take a look at our game plan, how we see ourselves trying to play this game on Thursday, You know, knowing that it's a tight turnaround. There's not going to be a lot of time for full speed reps or development. Um, we've just got to go out and give our guys the best possible plan. 
Um, and they've got to be ready to go execute against a really good football team that's going to come in here and play good football. Uh, we cannot, uh, the penalties, and obviously we you know, had the one turnover, but uh, we've got to force more turnovers. We've got to just force more plays defensively uh, to go our way. Uh, and then offensively, we've got to find a way to you know, make things happen and, and be that uh, you know, momentum-grabbing side when we need to in some of these games. Defensively, what did you feel like they were doing um, just to challenge you guys early and then throughout? Uh, defensively, the Dallas defense, they were physical up front. Um, and they were able to kind of get us on some of those known passing situations and force negative plays. Uh, you can have any, all the route concepts you want to dial up there, but it, none of that really matters if your quarterback uh, can't go through those progressions. And uh, it was just one of those nights where you know the tough down moved around, and we kind of took turns up front. We took turns at you know different positions on our offense, skill players included. Um, had you know just an uncharacteristic uh, performance by our offense, and, and I think we've we've got to try to find a way to eliminate some of those self-inflicted wounds. Some of those penalties, some of those things that even when you're trying to gain momentum in a game, you do, um, and, and, and you're going to be playing right into the way that team wants to play defense over there. Did Kirk come through the game okay physically? He did. He did, yeah. He, he's such a competitor. He, he he'd, uh, you know, wanted to stay in the game and uh, continue to play, but uh, with four days away being what it is, um, we wanted to make sure uh, once that uh, we'll always try to continue to fight. We will never give up. Uh, on any game, uh, but we've got to be smart about our team, understanding where we're at with eight wins and a tight turnaround here. Uh, but I thought uh, Kirk tried to battle tonight. It was it was a, it was a very tough night to play quarterback out there. Uh, we've got to do some things to help him um, any way, shape, or form we can. Running the ball more, uh, obviously, something that we'll look to do once we establish ourselves in these games. We've got to find ways to just generate more opportunities, more plays. Can we convert on third down? One of 11 is not good enough. That's not going to win you a lot of games with the type of offense that we have. We need opportunity. We need plays. And uh, it just didn't go our way tonight. Some of the players were saying that you know maybe it's not all that bad to be playing Thursday to get the bad taste. Yep so quickly. Would you concur with that? I do. I do. I, I challenged them when we came back in. Uh, we know it wasn't good enough tonight. They know. Uh, we've got the right uh, team in that locker room, the right group of guys. We've got great leadership. Um, they know. They know we didn't play better. They, we didn't play well enough. We didn't coach well enough. Nothing across the board was good enough tonight. Um, and, and like I said, the best thing is we get four days from now an opportunity to come out um, and, and try to get back on track. And I believe we'll do the things we need to do, uh, control what we can control, and ultimately band together close as ever uh, to come out here and try to get a win on Thursday. They had six of their seven sacks with just a four-man rush. Yep. How, what did they do to get home, and how much tougher does it make it when they're able to get home? Before? Well, I think they won some. We were trying to do some things to help on the edges as much as possible, especially uh, when CD went down. And then we would have, you know, there would be some interior penetration. And then uh, trying to maybe help interior-wise, make sure the slide's going the right way. Then there was some issues on the perimeter as well. And some of those sacks not, did not come on third down. Some of them came, you know, on play passes where you're trying to protect and try to give Justin and Adam a chance to work down the field. Um, and we just didn't give an opportunity for those plays to happen. So uh, whether it was our play pass protection, whether it was our execution in the screen game to try to slow down the rush, uh, or just across the board, even when we did get some completion plays going, earn a couple first downs, then it would be a penalty or a negative play to put us behind the stick. So uh, just not good enough across the board, Ben. Kevin, with Darisol, do you take a look at whether you guys might have missed something? Or no, no. 100% sure he was clear? Yep, he was, uh, he was through the... Uh, he was through the whole protocol as is, and, and uh, you know everything was 
uh, done medically speaking in the best interest of, of CD, and, and he was ready to go tonight. It, but there was actually an impact, you know, to his helmet, to his uh, head and neck area that, you know, kind of, you know, caused him to uh, immediately be pulled out of the game. Was that his well, last play of that sack? Yes. Overall, the how narr- the narratives that you referenced earlier, the narratives that you referenced earlier, do you think those are fair narratives about this team? You know what? I, I don't think we can get concerned with those things. I just know uh, each and every week in this league is another opportunity to really prove who you are. Um, as a football team, uh, I, I don't think we did that tonight. I don't think we gave ourselves a, ch- a chance to compete. Uh, like I said, we, we've got a lot of things on a short week to try to get right, Kevin. And um, you know, I don't really know any other way than to go back to work and really accept this result. I think it's important that we accept this result and understand uh, when, when you can look to a man and, and coach and player and say, we just weren't good enough, um, that allows you to move forward. But we got to accept it first and foremost, even on a short week, correct some of the things that we can correct, and then make sure that we're doing everything we can to turn these guys over, uh, build a great plan for them. Even on a short week, the expectation is going to be that we come out here and play well in four days. Overall, how would you evaluate TJ through his first three weeks with you guys? Yeah, I think he's had a really nice impact on our offense. You know, you'd love to come down with that red zone target early in the game. Um, He's made a lot of plays for us already. He'll make a ton of plays for us moving forward. Um, We're very, very lucky to have TJ, and we'll continue to just build his comfort in our offense and and all the different facets of how we play because he's learning on the fly right now. We're trying to get him as comfortable as possible, and uh, we'll continue to do that because he's one of our weapons on offense, and we're lucky to have him. Kevin, what do you think Dallas did to create so much strain on your defense? Um, I think they got their run game going. Um, I think they got some timely third down conversions. I thought that uh, you know some of those some of those runs uh, where they you know turned maybe a three or four yard gain into seven or eight by just running hard and physical the physicality at which they played with on the line of scrimmage, and then I thought Dak made some some big time plays. Uh, you know that third down touchdown coming out of the half. Uh, getting the double move there to the back, um, a play we've you know we've run before in, in some capacity to, to score as well, and and they just go out and execute, and, and that's still got to be a great pitch and catch in that moment. They've got to protect. Uh, we've got to find a way to get a little more pressure. Um, try to tighten up on the back end. It's really a little bit of everything tonight, and uh, you know, as a head coach of a team that experiences a game like this, it's it's ultimately on me to make sure that we go back and fix the things we can, control what we can control. Um, but ultimately, this is a challenge. This is going to be an unbelievable challenge for our team. Four days from now, we'll be right back here, like I said, against a good football team. And um, I'm willing to I'm, I'm willing to put everything we got into this game on a short week. And I trust our guys and, and what we've built here uh, to respond the right way. Thanks, guys. Cousins bludgeoned, sacked seven times. He had a streak of 39 consecutive games, fifth best in the NFL, NFL history. He had that snap today. Here's what Kirk had to say following the decimating of his offense and his team. Not good enough tonight. Got to play better. And um, with a short week this week, it's important that we uh, get right back to it. And um, we'll be at home Thursday night, so it's important to uh, have a much better performance. So, um, you know, we'll we'll, um, talk about this one and um, look to improve and need to be better in, in roughly four days. So um, that's where our focus goes. And, uh, um, you know, we've been winning as a team on, on this last several weeks of wins. And now we, we've lost as a team and we got to bounce back. So um, take any questions you have. Sure. 
what were the, you were sacked seven times the most in your career. What were the factors that led to that in your estimation? I think it was a combination of reasons. Um, certainly when you get behind, then you allow uh, a lot more of a drop back um, game. And so that uh, certainly played into their ability to, to rush us and, and uh, play for that. Kirk, when they're able to get pressure, most of those with four guys, how does that change kind of how you're looking at things downfield when they don't have to commit extra guys to come after you? Um, yeah, it's um, you know effective when you can rush four. It's effective. Certainly, we want to be in a place where we're not having to uh, to drop back too much, um, and you certainly need to be you know in a game where you're right there and, and you're not behind where you have to drop back. So um, you know that's 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 the part that you feel you can stay in the game and then keep yourself from being in those scenarios. On the strip sack at the beginning, and when you watch that back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did you feel Parsons coming, or what did you see when you looked at that? I just think there, uh, you know, need to have two hands on the football is really where I look back. And when you watch it and you coach it and you look at him, how to improve, I think it's uh, if you're holding on with two hands as you're running, it's it's less likely to fumble there. Um, so, um, you know, that's that's where I say I, I got to be better. Is Parsons the kind of guy who you can prepare for, but you really don't understand, you can't? Kind of comprehend his skills unless until you see him live on Sunday. He's a great player. We, um, um, you know, I find each week when you study for your opponent, each team seems to have a player, a pass rusher that's that's pretty elite, um, and he's he's in that category of you know one of the better pass rushers in this league that you have to um, you know be aware of, and he can impact the game. How much of a challenge did you feel like protection was trying to help on the, the outside, mm -hmm. inside at times, and, and balance? Yep, yep. There's certainly an awareness of trying to get uh, a chip or some help by a halfback or a tight end on the edge. Um, you know, so it's uh, all game long, you're kind of aware of, of, of all that. But certainly when you can, you know, stay. In manageable down distances, um, you can run the football, you can play action, you can screen, you can do other things that uh, when you get behind, it's just much, much harder to do. Kirk, having won seven straight games, beating Buffalo last week, how much of you is just stunned by the margin that you lost by today? Um, it's certainly a disappointing outcome. And what I've learned in this league in my years is they all count one. And um, the point differential doesn't end up becoming a thing that sticks with it, but the loss or the win does. And so, um, you know, we've got to find a way moving forward to to get wins and um, and uh, you know play much better than we did tonight. What's going to be key to responding to this on a short week? Well, you got to you got to fix what's fixable. You have to uh, um, you know be out. You just be ready to go Thursday night and have a good good Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in, in preparation for that. And um, you know what you, you don't want to have happen is any repeated mistakes. Uh, so you always say, you know, how can we fix what happens so that um, you know that's the last time um, something like that happens. Overall, how you evaluate TJ over the last three weeks, and how valuable has he been yeah. as part of this offense? Yeah, he's showing up a lot in our offense. Um, he's he's done a great job, and uh, 
uh, you know, we'll continue to lean on him moving forward. Is there anything that he did that helped build so much chemistry between you and him so quickly? Uh, well, he's learned the system very quickly. Um, I think he's a friendly target. I think uh, um, Kevin's also done a great job incorporating a TJ into the plan. And, um, um, you know, I think in this offense and on this team, I think we'll always be uh, incorporating our, our Y, our tight ends in the pass game. And, and there will always be production there to be had. And so, um, um, you know, he's done a great job taking on that challenge in such a short amount of time. Already, Thanks, guys. Dalvin Cook was running very well in the game, you know, but then it started to go two and three score pear-shaped. So they, they had to get away from the run, I guess. Yep. But for Dalvin to lose this cool on the sideline and, and get the, uh, get the uh, personal foul, unsportsmanlike conduct, his um, uh, George Edwards, the former defensive coordinator for the Vikings, you know, he was the one with whom Dalvin was arguing. And, and I think, you know, if he pointed his finger at him and yelled at him, that was cool. But when he did it the second and third time, that's when the side judge is like, enough, yeah. 15. But Dalvin losing is cool. That never happens. No, we ha you know, no. there's a lot of things that we haven't seen happen in the past. But um, at least for Dalvin, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't cheap. It wasn't late, really, so to speak. It, you know, he, he, he showed us. He's still, I think, the emotional leader of this offense. And even late in the game, he was running the football hard. Um, you know, getting getting eight nine yards of carry. Yeah, there was the game out of control. Absolutely, I get that. But it, you know, but at least he's still playing the game, and that's what you look at closely on games like this: is who put it out there and finished this game, even when you know, even when we you, you almost knew you weren't going to win it, and who kind of gave in a little bit. And you know, for for the Vikings, I think Dalvin Cook, he's he's the one guy that's going to bring it every single week. Uh, God bless you, young man. Uh, have a wonderful week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner if you have it before we get here on a Thursday with a kickoff shortly after 7 against the New England Patriots. Uh, great job despite uh, negative circumstances. Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago, we had SWAT in the booth <laughs> at, in Maryland with assault rifles. Last week, um, we go crazy with a an improbable Vikings victory. This week, they get killed by 37. It's just something new every single week. Um, it'll be a lot better on Thursday. Thank you very much. All right, Paul, looking forward to it. And, again, if there was a week to have a short week, this is the week. Uh, Ron Johnson has three takes on this Vikings loss. Thanks, B.A. Well, this is Ron Johnson coming to you from the KFAN studios. And the Minnesota Vikings take a lump on the forehead, a punch to the chin, 40 to three. I never thought I would see a game like this this season the way the team started, but it happened. So here's my three takeaways. It's tough to find some positivity, but you got to find it somewhere. Here's one. My first takeaway is Dalvin Cook's six and a half yards per carry, 72 yards on 11 carries. Now, should they have run the ball more? Yes. Do they need to find more ways to get the fullback in to be a lead blocker for Dalvin Cook? When you have a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who is one of the top teams in the past, and one, of, uh, and one of the worst teams in the run. Clearly, there's a team at 35 sacks that have gotten after the quarterback all year. So I would have liked to see Dalvin Cook being used a little bit more. But it is tough. So for people out there that don't understand it, it's tough to get your running back going when you're down by double digits. It feels like I need to pass to win this game. Dalvin Cook just did not get the carries he needed. But at six and a half yards per carry, it's definitely a big positive there. My second takeaway was third down. 
They did get 16 first downs, but they were one for 11 on third down. So the manageable third downs were kind of non-existent. And so I think that's going to be the takeaway from today. Like the, the third and 19s, the third and 20s. Again, there's not a lot of plays that coaches have. And when I say not a lot, I mean probably none that coaches have that are going to get them 23 yards on third down. So they played into the Cowboys' hands. When they were getting those first downs on first and second down, I think that was the key. That's been a trend for Kevin O'Connor during the season, and the Cowboys knew that. So they were prepared to try to stop them knowing, hey, on first and second down, he likes to take shots. He's not going to go for the short stuff. And so Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, those guys, J-Ron Kirst, they were ready for it. And the Vikings just couldn't, did not have an answer for how to get back to manageable third downs. They did, like I said, they did get 16 first downs, but one for 11 on third down is not ever, ever going to get it done in a game, unless the other team sucks. And if the other team's not getting first downs on third down either, then hey, one for 11 could work, but did not work tonight. Again, 40-3 to Vikings lose and then my last takeaway is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, not what this game was, but the fact that the last time Justin Jefferson had three catches versus the Lions for 14 yards, that next week he busts back on the scene with 10 catches for 147 yards against the Saints. And so I feel like Justin Jefferson coming off of a three-catch game, not only is Justin Jefferson pissed off and going to be on alert, Kevin O'Connell looks at that stuff. He realizes, I did not get Justin Jefferson the ball enough. He has treated Justin Jefferson the same way the Rams treated uh, Cooper Cup last year. And so Kevin O'Connell knows Justin Jefferson's three catches is not enough. That does not work. That's not going to fly. And so the last time, like I said, the last time Justin Jefferson had a three-catch game, the very next game, he had a 10-catch, 147-yard game. So that's my takeaway. I'm looking forward to seeing next week, or in a short week, Thursday versus the Patriots, what Kevin O'Connell is going to dial up to get Justin Jefferson going early because that's been the recipe for success for this team. When Justin Jefferson gets going early, the rest of the team gets going. Trayvon Diggs was a blanket. Yeah, was there was some holding. There was some grabbing. No flags. But Justin Jefferson has got to get going earlier, whether it's quick passes, quick hitches, whatever you want to do to get Justin Jefferson in there, and then you hit him with the deep shot. They got to find a way. But again, Vikings lose 40-3. to Not a lot to take away, but you don't have to sit on it much longer. Three more days, and then the next day you wake up, you're going to have some turkey, and it's time for some more football. Back to you guys at the stadium. Thank you, RJ, and thank you, everybody, for listening to the postgame report. For Pete Bursich, I'm Paul Allen. The Vikings lost to the Dallas Cowboys 40-3. We're back at it Thursday night against the New England Patriots.